Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to do an episode on John Hader, similar to the episode we did on Clive Owen and Mia Wasikowski, like what happened to these people. I wanted to do one on John Hader as well because he's one of those actors that was definitely in a moment in 2004 with Napoleon Dynamite. And then after a few years, you just didn't see him again. And why is that? Why is that? When he was in what would be considered to be an iconic movie for, I would say, the millennial generation. I was I was too old for this movie to reverberate with me. And in fact, I talked about this movie in the episode that May and I did on movies that everybody adores that we think are just complete garbage. So I won't say which of us thought this movie was complete garbage, but let's just say that movie is mentioned there. So I go to the back feed. And listen to that. I think that episode probably came out in July or so. But John Hader grew up Mormon. And he grew up in Idaho. There are a lot of Mormons there. Most of them, I think people know, are in Utah. But there is a BYU-Idaho that's in Idaho. So there's quite a few over there. And when he was at BYU, which is a Mormon university, he met the guy, Jared Hess, who co-wrote Napoleon Dynamite. And so in 2004, Napoleon Dynamite came out. And I don't think I really need to give like a plot synopsis of this movie. I found this movie not to be funny at all. And look, it it is kind of known to be an indie hit. But unlike, let's say, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which was a big one, or Little Big Sunshine, or one of these movies that was like a legit indie movie that made hundreds of millions of dollars, Napoleon Dynamite, as much as it was influential for the millennials, only made $44 million. And yeah, it was made for $500,000. So it, it what, made 80 times its budget, more or less. So it is a success, but I think we forget, and we think of Napoleon Dynamite, it's one of those movies that it punched higher than its weight class, as they say. But that movie came out in 2004. He was on Saturday Night Live at the time. And then from there, he had a a decent run of some movies. He was in a Mark Ruffalo, Reese Witherspoon movie, Just Like Heaven, which I think is a pretty awful movie. Great Cure song where they probably played that song. I don't remember. It's been some time since I've seen it, but they probably played the song. Show me, show me, show me how you do that thing. The one that make the Cure song, Just Like Heaven. He plays like some supernatural love maker, matchmaker, that hookup. Witherspoon and Ruffalo. And I mean, this movie got $100 million, but I think it's like forgotten. It's a movie that is completely forgotten from the Witherspoon filmography and certainly from Ruffalo. We have an episode here on what happened to Ruffalo. 2005, he does The Benchwarmers. Uh, this is a time when Rob Schneider and David Spade were, were actually making movies that were profitable and successful because they were made with low budget. But he's in that. He's also... Uh, starts his animated run. He does a lot of animated movies between 2006 and today. So he does Monster House. He also does School for Scoundrels, which was a Billy Bob Thornton movie directed by Todd Phillips, probably most famous for the Hangover movies and Joker. And again, these movies 
got $100 million. They, they did relatively well. 2007, there's Blades of Glory, which I would probably argue is his last well-known movie. This is the Will Ferrell movie that has to do with male ice skating. And uh, he's in this. And I mean, it's, it's in that middle Ferrell period. And we talked about it in the retrospective we did on Ferrell. Kind of like with um, the NBA movie he did. Uh, that just kind of those, those, he did these movies back to back that just weren't that good. But Blades of Glory, I mean, if, if you if you take it for what it is, has moments of humor, but overall I would not consider it to be even in close top seven of Will Ferrell's filmography. 2007, he also does Surf's Up, another animated one. And then after that, you just see movies that just didn't do well that either he was involved in or that he opened. So he's in 2010, When in Rome. This is when Josh Deschamel was a thing and Kristen Bell was in her Forgetting Sarah Marshall kind of peak. Uh, and so this movie, he's got a supporting role. And then after that, it's just movies that don't exist. Life Happens, Legend of Kung Fu Rabbit, which was animated, Pinocchio, animated, Pororo, The Racing Adventure, animated, that's 2013. And just Buddy Holly is Alive and Well on Ganymede. What is that? 2014 Reality. What is that? He's not even lead bill on that. My Dad is Scrooge. Again, nothing. 2015, he's involved in five different works. Mostly animated. A Mouse Tale, We Paul, Wave for Now. He's not even top two billing in that. Walt Before Mickey, Cuevo's Little Rooster's Excellent Adventure. I mean, just animated. Again, just, just kind of just like not relevant movies. He's in a movie called Christmas Eve that has Patrick Stewart from Star Trek as the lead, and he is fourth build. And then from there on, it's just more animation and more movies that are not relevant. In terms of TV shows, I probably remember them most. For they tried to do a Napoleon Dynamite uh, animated sitcom. That one didn't work. That was in 2012. He was in My Name is Earl back in 2008 when that was you know, somewhat relevant. And then he was in The Kroll Show in 2014 and he had a role in How I Met Your Mother where he was Marshall, right? based on Jason Siegel's Marshall. And then again, a lot of just voice work. 2015 to 2019, he's in Star versus the Forces of Evil for Disney. 2015 to 2018, Pickle and Peanuts. Again, just animated stuff. And so you, you have to ask the question, like, what happened? Now, he was in a GQ article uh, interview, and he said in his words that he never felt, felt like he fit in in Hollywood, that he was an outsider because he was from Idaho. And then he jokingly said, he just I missed the heat, I missed the heat. So he would say that he made a conscious choice to leave Hollywood. I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think that as his career dried up, and this is like, look, this happens, this is human nature, kind of like with breakups, there's always gonna be a revisionist story to things. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. There's gonna be a revisionist story. And I think the revisionist story is when he's doing interviews in 2022 for GQ, like what happened to John Hader, with 10 years, almost 15 years of, of history behind you, just to save face, you might say, well, I never liked Hollywood, I didn't fit in, so I went back and back to the Pacific Northwest. But I think it's a combo of maybe he just didn't have success. And so when you don't have success, some people stick it out in an environment that maybe is not the best for them. And some people just go home. And then some people have the kind of fortune of having a career and not living in Hollywood. So we talked about Michael Fassbender. He lives in Portugal with Alicia Vikander. You think of Amanda Seyfried. She lives in upstate New York on a ranch. And there's others who can be called in, so to speak. Uh, the Hemsworths, they live in Australia quite a bit. They'll be called in to do work because people still want to work with them. And then you have some people like Clive Owen who said, like, I miss London. I want to work in London. So he does a lot of theater work in London and very small works. And I think with Hayter, it was, look, he, he struck a moment. Hollywood gave him a couple roles afterward, but realized that he didn't have the talent. He didn't have the range. And then as he did work that didn't succeed, like in the late knots to the early teens, the roles dried up. He turned to animation and voice work because that work is easier to get than on the on the camera. And then it eventually reached a point where I, I think he realized, look, I don't like this town. It's, I'm not, quote, being successful. So he went back home. And I think it's a, just a combination of both. You know, he wants to say face and say that at 10 years later in an interview, like I left Hollywood. I think a better description would be like Hollywood left you and you were smart to read the tea leaves and essentially leave Hollywood and just do voice work here and there or animation or TV animation and whatnot. And there's nothing wrong with that. Look, I mean, you were for about four or five years pretty well known. You hit it big on an indie movie and like with rehearsals and tryouts and all aspects, like in the, in the NFL, the large majority of NFL athletes don't even play five years. You had your little run and then uh, it just didn't pan out. Personal life, he's been married to the same woman uh, since 2002, so before Napoleon Dynamite when he was younger. And to his credit, he was Mormon at the time and he's still Mormon and he's still married and they have four children together. So. I think it's great. I think I think what's great about Hader's story is, you know, you sometimes opportunities are given to you that maybe you didn't anticipate. I doubt when he was filming 
Napoleon Dynamite with the Hesses that he thought this movie is going to launch me into stratospheric fame where I'm going to be doing movies with Will Ferrell and Reese Witherspoon. So I think some of it was just the fame maybe was a lot for him. And then he did his best to continue the career and it didn't really work out. And he's just like, yeah, this this world, and you know, as a practicing Mormon, no drinking, no no coffee. Um, there, there's a lifestyle that's to be expected. And I think part of it is just like, why be in this town if I'm not getting the jobs? Plus, I don't really like this world and maybe it, it, this Hollywood world and the values that it represents. So why not go back to where I can be in an environment where my values are represented? And so I think it's great and kudos for him that he did that. And I think it's even greater that he's been with the same woman for 20 years and they have a big family because that is so rare in Hollywood or anything that's Hollywood adjacent. So John Hader, I wish you the best. Guys, post at the Cinema Right Facebook group and at Spotify, I'll post something about what you think about Napoleon Dynamite, for example. Please answer that if you like. Rate and review if you are new to this channel as we round out the new year. There's a link in the episode notes for PayPal. And there's also a link in the episode notes for the website, eclecticalgregorio.com, that hosts this feed. But the best way to listen to it is wherever you podcast, like on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow The Rag today. Until next time.